Okay, welcome to the Make It Count podcast. We're back, the Taylor Bros are here, David and Matthew, and we are looking forward to this one. You never call me Matthew. No, but other people do. Yeah, it is my full name. It is, Sometimes yeah. people ask that. But, yeah, so you're Matt, you're a Matty in some situations. A Matty? Yeah. Oh, on like football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's on the, on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> The, the derailed already is, yeah is a place where people get nicknames offline oh <laughs> and oh. also get nicknames sorry and we're talking about living that offline world uh, living that offline life and mm. matt do you hate the internet no no is the internet evil well what is this no uh no no well i mean the reason i ask that yes. is i think sometimes people think Oh, if you don't want to li- like be online, or you're thinking there's some benefits to being offline, yeah. it must mean you think you, it's all terrible. You're you. There's what, was the people in the US. Uh, oh, oh um, yeah, horses and wagons. I've just forgotten their names now. <laughs> uh, the they are never mind. It's not Mormons. They do barn Mennonite. raisings. It's, um, <laughs> People are listening a, and now a, screaming you think it's out. The May, right? They're screaming oh. out out into the world yeah. what it is. Anyway, and we're we not, can't think of it. We're not saying that. We're not saying that the internet is wholly bad, and we're, but we're also not saying it's wholly good as well. No. And we we found a couple of articles. Oh, I only sent one to Matt. Oh, and, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. He he may have forgotten, and I thought it would be a good place to start. But a couple of years ago. We took a couple days retreat at a little local Christian retreat center and we turned our phones off for 49 hours or 50 hours. We did. And that was actually kind of a few months into the pandemic. Things have sort of eased up in the summer here. That was a couple of years ago already. Yeah. And and we decided that last year. Actually, we'll go even further than just being offline. We were going to reduce input completely. So not only not be online, but not reading books, not listening to podcasts, not listening to... It was almost like a reset in in input. I think I I did take one book. I wrote an article about that, which was really interesting. So I briefly read that just before we came on You should link that in the show notes. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And it was... We did 49 hours with no input really no phones no mobile nothing Mm. and there were loads of things that came out of that that were quite interesting one is that the reason we did it i don't know if you remember but i noticed i'd been avoiding sort of feeling certain things (laughs) and that Mm. became more obvious as a result of this where i'd reach for my phone and i didn't have my phone and be like oh what's going on here oh this is like an uncomfortable feeling and so I had to actually experience those feelings. And the other thing I learned uh, was that actually it was a lot easier. I really thought it was going to be really, really difficult and it would take ages. But actually I was restored and refreshed much quicker than I had expected to. And it was much easier than I thought. What do you remember from those couple of days? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me... The transition away from the tech is actually a less painful one than a transition back um, because I've 
generally try to set up some boundaries that I, I find reasonably helpful. And there are some times and spaces where it's like, no, I'm not going to let the tech be in that place. And so I quite enjoy the, oh, yeah, I'm actually turning it off properly for a bit. And just, oh, and it helps me to be present. And obviously we were in a really beautiful surroundings in that particular time. So that could be really helpful. For me, the turning back onto the tech, actually that is a, it's an anticipation that builds, but it's more like an anticipating oh no, the noise is coming back. Mm. And what I suppose, the so the article that you you sent to me about this was a guy that had basically... David, David Kane, right? It was my three days offline or something yeah, like that. He just spent, what I learned during my three days offline by just, David Kane. Just three days offline and coming back online, he said in that first day online, he allowed himself back, but he he noticed... And he, he was intentional about noticing. And so then he wrote down some, these are some boundaries I want to set in place moving forwards. And I think what I didn't do two years ago was be that intentional about it and go, what well, I kind of just saw it as, a, oh, this is a, a retreat, a one-off thing. It's going to be great. It'll be wonderful. I didn't then go, well, what could this potentially look like moving forwards in normal life? Yeah. And that's very interesting distinction and that was something that was interesting because we've got the article and our experiences that i wrote and then mm. this article that david kane has written and my experience or something i'd written about was that i was more present yes in turning my phone off and actually not even having my phone around i was more present and he talked about the same thing and even just you said there i was more present and it was interesting because we generally think present is a good thing and i think it is But one of the things I talked about was I was more present with those potentially uncomfortable emotions that I'd actually been avoiding or not engaging with or, hey, I'm a bit bored or, oh, there's social stuff here and I'm not sure how to navigate that. Mm. I'm going to look at my phone instead or, you know, and often I'd reach for my phone before that uncomfortable feeling had even properly surfaced properly surfaced i hadn't been fully aware of it yet Mm. and so that was just a really interesting side of it and i suppose one of the things that prompted this sort of conversation was a reminder i heard the quote again more recently on tim elmore's podcast but it was when our phones had cords we were free now our phones are free we have cords yeah. And that in some way we're bound to the phones that we carry everywhere. Yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, we don't always feel bound to it, but most of us have had that experience where we're suddenly frantically patting every pocket, like, where have I put my phone? Have I lost my phone? Mm. And that maybe we should be a bit more present or aware of like, huh, why is there that level of anxiety about a six-inch screen? Sure. I'm sure other people have also experienced the uh, what might be called a phantom notification mm. where you feel a vibration in your pocket and there hasn't been one. I've you don't that. actually even have a phone in your pocket and you go, oh, what's going on there? Uh, it's a bit disconcerting. It is a bit disconcerting. <laughs> maybe it was just a muscle thing or maybe it was I'm feeling some of those discomforts and my normal go-to is go to the phone. And so my body is kind of, my mind has phantomed a notification symbol, you know, sig- signal. And But I, I, that's really helpful what you said, because for me, when I envisage 
any period of like, oh, I'm going to go offline. I mean, it's it's quite bad actually. For like <laughs> about a month, no, about three months, I've had a and uh, what's it called? An intention to kind of Saturday afternoon through to Sunday lunchtime be kind of phone off and not go on it. But I basically just have a reminder that comes up on my phone and tells me, you want to put your phone away now, Matt? And half the time, I just don't. I'm like, oh, no, I might need to check something. Or one of my typical evening routines is I'll, I'll listen to a podcast as I'm you know, doing some evening wind-down things. And so I'm like, well, I've got to listen to my podcast later on. It's like, well, do I? I don't actually necessarily have to, but I'm so, in a sense, addicted to the phone uh, that word can be very unhelpful, so take it or leave it, but attached to the phone in its ways that it serves me, but I'm like, oh, I won't even put it away when I've set myself an intention to do so. Mm. But I see those times as like, oh, yeah, it's really positive. I want to put that phone away to be present. But what you helped to bring up is that can then allow those things to surface that it might not actually feel a very pleasant experience, at least to begin with, those first day, maybe two and depending on how our usage has been, it might take it even a little bit longer before we start to feel, oh, there's actually a positivity to being present and allowing those things to be felt. Maybe. I actually, this was one of the things that was, I wrote down and he wrote down in the article as well, which both will link in, in the notes here, but that actually it happened much quicker than I expected. Yeah. And he said, uh, I got to a place of simple, calm, peace. Much quicker than I thought. You know. Well, he starts the article and he's like, I, I did this experiment to basically be able to write about how difficult it was. Yeah. It wasn't difficult at all. Yeah. That's basically the next sentence. Yeah. It's like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. And so that was my experience. I thought I, I'm going to have like withdrawal symptoms and I'm going to be constantly like on edge and wondering. No. No. I had no desire to go check my emails or my notifications yeah. or anything like yeah. that. And so that, that was just an interesting part of it. Mm. Um, and so are we are we saying that the internet is bad again i want to say no but i thought one of the most interesting findings he found very early on and i'm going to start in reverse that many of us find we are constantly busy we feel a little bit behind yep. that we don't have enough time in the day and like the second main finding he said he found was I have so much time in my day yeah. now that I'm not online. Yeah. He said, I have so much. I didn't know how to fill all this time yeah. because I wasn't constantly attached. And that just was fascinating for me. The other side of it as well, and it's important to note this for people that haven't read the article, we I encourage you to do so. It will only take about 10 minutes to read. Um he did this during working days. This wasn't he was on holiday and he was doing nothing. So, And one of the things he says is he realised just how little he needed to go onto the internet to do his work. Mm. And so many of us in the quote-unquote knowledge economy would probably think, oh, I need to be on the internet all the time, emails, messages, research. But if we really limited that, uh, or if that wasn't available to us, we probably would find we could do that. And actually, if you go back 30 years, most people did that because the internet wasn't a thing. Mm. And people, the knowledge economy was still a thing mm. 20 years ago. So, 
and that was one of the interesting things. I can't remember where this was, so, but I remember hearing that we don't do more work than we did 30 years ago. Mm. But actually, the work invades more parts of our life we feel than busier. it did 30 years ago, and we feel busier. So in fact, actually, we're less eff- effective and efficient because we're more connected, and it's invaded other areas of our life. So it's taken from without... And so that was interesting. Absolutely. So I would recommend for most people, or I'd even maybe challenge for most people to try something like this. And for not for everybody, this isn't possible in a work situation. I I don't think there is a variety of experiences of this. For example, you are an IT support. You're probably going to need access to the internet for your work. So. And but finding a way to be offline for some time mm. is interesting mm. and a compelling thing, potentially far more freeing, and a demonstration that you can control it rather than be controlled by it. Yeah, and that's quite a disconcerting thing to even think. Oh, I'm not controlled by my phone. That's what most people think, but prove it. Mm. <laughs> that's kind of my challenge. I quite liked his DIY. Uh, solution which was he put a cardboard pouch strapped it to his kitchen wall with tape and that was his phone pouch for the week and he actually then adopted that moving forwards and said moving forwards if I need to use the phone I will go and get it but I will go with an intention this is why I'm going to use the phone now same thing with a line I'm going with an intention I'm going to write down on a sticky note what am I going to do beforehand which is interesting because he, he wrote that. He said, by default, this, but if I'm going to go online, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I find that interesting because I decided that a few weeks ago. I hadn't read the article. I decided I'm using my computer too much. And what happens is I'm sort of there, the computer's on and stuff. Yeah. And then I was and like, then hours is... later, what was I just doing? Yeah, my computer's been on for 10 hours, but I've sort of done most of my list. But And now it's like... My phone is off by default. Not my phone. My computer is off by default. Sure. And if I'm going to go online and check, and I, uh, this is what I need to do. I need to write this or I need to research this. And then I'm going to go do that. And then the, the computer is off by default. I'm going to say I'm about 50% on that. Like It's not 100% success, but, but it has improved. It's 50% better than before. And it has actually been better. I feel like a lot more mentally calm is that even a thing yeah yeah just less rushed and frantic well i suppose the way another yeah less anxious probably yeah so those are some of the well just the real benefits that this guy experienced was david kane that yeah and david david taylor as well experienced and is there anything that jumped out to you that you thought well, that could be a downside or, you know, in fairness of balance. I suppose, well, I wasn't going to go that direction. What's the downside? Before I get to the downside, I would say maybe that most people from most of history have lived this way. It's so true. if it scares you, that also should be a cue to investigate it. Ah, but yeah. I also think the downside is for some jobs, it is impractical. For some people, to go cold turkey might actually be really difficult. To go completely off might expose really uncomfortable feelings. And, you know, the sort of thing that 
you should seek professional help for actually mm. and and whilst i would say some of these things actually might have long-term beneficial things of going offline that actually um so it's not always right to do this so figure out what's right for you yeah but the thing that uh, it was towards the end of the thing and he said this is i'm going to read this the quote. article but towards the end of the article i'm going to read this quote perhaps the fundamental lesson of this experiment was that the vast majority of my internet use simply serves to delay the rest of my life. It's a way of momentarily escaping the responsibility of using my life intentionally. And I think... That stuck out to me as well. <laughs> I think if we're honest, if I'm honest, uh, put this on anybody else, if I'm honest, that's quite a lot of my scrolling as well. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Twitter or YouTube, not so much any of the other social media platforms. And he did also talk about that, how when we first imagined the internet, it was this vast new world. But now, most of our internet experience is dictated fairly uniformly by the big platforms. Yeah. And so it's not this new world. It's a pretty controlled, pushed world, shall we say. Yes. And yet he's here going, really, what I was doing was delaying my life and escaping taking responsibility for my own life yes. and that's why we're talking about it here on the make it count podcast because actually it's not about living offline or online it's about actually how we're making it count and he said the online world was stopping me to do that yeah i really liked the the, the way that 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 turn of phrase it wasn't i wasn't living but he says i was delaying living and and how actually when he was in that offline space, you mentioned he found himself with this kind of, well, I've finished a task and then I would momentarily enter into that space of, oh, what do I do now? That would be the space where normally he would pick up his phone or go and browse the internet for an unopen, un, you know, unlimited potential time, open-ended, but he didn't have that choice. And so he then would go, okay, well, what do I now do? And he had the freedom to choose what to do, but he said what he didn't have was the choice to not be doing anything, which is kind of what you end up doing when you're scrolling mindlessly, is you're not here nor there, you're half doing. Mm. And he, I loved that he said, even in entertainment, so he said, I did some, I watched a film or whatever, and I chose to watch that film. And either I watched it to the end or I actually was like, you know what, I don't want to watch this to the end. I'm going to go and do something else. But he said he definitely wasn't doing was scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and replying to WhatsApps and all these other things whilst also watching a film and neither enjoying one nor the other. Mm. I've done that before. I even like sometimes watching sport. I love watching live sports and especially if it's a team I, I, I like and it's engaging but sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just quickly check some emails. And, you know, oh, if something exciting happens, I'll look up. And you realise I'm not really enjoying and engaging in the game. Even if a goal happens, I'm not actually as invested. And I'm not really fully in my emails either. I love that idea of, even in a digital way, just be in one place. Mm. And it's not about, as you said, it's not, tech is not evil. It's not, but it is a case of, Put it in its place and be where you are. Mm. You know, be where you are. If, it, if that's one of, I want to be there online, be there. But don't try and be in two places at once. And we do, we've all done it. We've all multi-screened where, and I've done it. I've realised that a few times. So it's like, there's a film on, but 
I'm messaging someone through it or I'm, you know, checking something, whatever. I don't know anything about that film. Yeah. The f- um, another time, though, that is interesting is watching the film and it's maybe uncomfortable emotions come up during the film. Mm. Oh, it's made you sad or it's maybe a bit scary. Mm. Well, now I check my phone because then I can detach from that. So I yeah, have to feel yeah. that or experience that because it's uncomfortable. And and actually, there's something, wow. even in those sad things or those, to just be present. And that's why we like go to the cinema because it's an experience where you have to be fully present. You're not allowed your phone on. For the most part, people don't obey that. Do you know what I heard? Um, I think this was, again, listening to a Tim Elmore podcast. We love him. I think he's great. But it was to do with the emotions that you feel and the strength of emotions when engaging in a piece of cinema. And why is it that in cinema, people feel emotionally more engaged? And is it because of the big screen? Is it because of the immersive sound system? It's No, it's all to do with the function of how many people are in the room. So even in that, it's to do with connecting with other people. Mm. Well, uh, what am I doing when I, if I'm, especially if I'm in a room on my own and I've got two screens, so I'm, I'm trying to connect with people, but I'm actually not. I'm not connecting with the film. How, you know, what do we do when we're at home sometimes? There's few of us in a room. And if you've got three or four people on their screen and watching, you know they're not really engaged. And you quite, if something happens and you look over to them as you normally would and you have that sort of eye contact, oh, that was really funny or that was really interesting in the film, they're looking at their screen. Mm. You've not engaged, you've not connected. So what we're going to say is, this is not the episode called That Hermit Life. Right, it's not that. <laughs> but actually, I think even as we're having this conversation, it feels like we've been speaking more quickly. We're quite impassioned about this. We have a hundred things to say about this. And I think part of that is because we recognise that so many of our lives have been put on delay Mm. because of how we're engaging in the online world. Yes. And it, it saddens me because I want to be a part of helping people live purposefully. And actually, this phone device, this distraction device, this thing that we carry around everywhere with us, potentially more religiously than our own wallets. <laughs> yes, is, for sure. Is often or can become the very bad. Hello, this is Future David. And what we've just discovered is that the last minute or so of the recording didn't record. So all we were saying probably that as far as we can remember, is that sometimes our phones and our online life gets in the way of actually living our life and making it count. And so we would challenge you to try and live, do something offline with this, a couple of hours, a day, three days or a week, and let us know what you find. We love that experimental mindset. And you can find the email address in the description below. And looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Make It Count.